0: My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family once again here on Purple Mafia, episode number 95 of Purple Mafia. It is Sunday, September 18th, 2011. I am your host, Joey Weigen, or Pelican or Joey. Thank you again, Dylan Richardson, at the beginning of the intro, who was kind enough to introduce me. Well, Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It means a lot to me, and uh, I hope it means a lot to you. Well, <laughs> we're just going to pretty much get right into this thing as quick as possible. Um, because there's really <laughs> nothing else to talk about in terms of, oh, it's a special day for this, or this is special, or that. Well, it's special, all right. Oh, it's, it's very special. The Vikings uh, statistics are getting kind of weird just a little bit. Uh, there's some ugly numbers, folks, in the second half of football games. In fact, extremely ugly. Of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Victors in the Metrodome today, 24-20 to 20 over your and, and my Minnesota Vikings, yours and mine, the Purple People Eaters, the Purple People, the Purple Mafia, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> I'm very proud to say Purple Mafia, at least on my side of things. Well, Of course, we're going to get to the tweets from those of you out there that were kind enough to tweet. And of course, of course, the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show, twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Like and or follow the respective pages if you could. I'd appreciate it. Oh, so very much. Welcome and join the family. Would appreciate it. Always. Some nice conversations on here overall. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. Yes, indeed. Well, we're gonna go to the, uh... We're gonna go to the Facebook page first this time. Generally, I go to the Twitter. But, uh, we'll go to the Facebook page. In fact, I'm gonna kind of merge the two together as best I can. Gonna merge the two together. Yep, we got some comments popping in here. Uh, last time I... (laughs) Heck, the last time I was on, just a couple hours ago, there was only a couple comments, um... It's gotten pretty busy though. Yep, Sebastian, really really back around. Sebastian Balls love to have Sebastian on board. Love the participation by you guys, Sebastian, Tony, Brent, Dan Taylor, Chris Tucker, and Nick Borboom. Ah, absolutely awesome to have you guys on here. This is uh this is this is great. Great to see the participation by you guys out there. This is uh this is awesome. I'm going to kind of tr- try to do both since both of them are kind of, you know, in game type stuff and or, well actually some of it's before the game, so I'll start with the Facebook page. Anthony Batista of course nice enough to post. Now this is late last week, these are kind of comments after last week's game and we can always get back to that. Now of course we're going to review the game, that's what we're doing right now and we're going to preview the Detroit Lions visiting the Metrodome the new Mall of America field. It's a uh, well obviously it's not new, but uh, kind of new, you know, the roof is new, the uh, the uh, the turf is new you know it looks it looks pretty different i really like the roof actually i like the roof a lot it's kind of got a uh, more of a see-through center to it so it's really lighting things up in there that's kind of a cool idea you get a little bit more feel of sunlight in that building now than before cool idea very cool they kind of modernized the dome a bit of course new turf as well you see the uh the green and the uh, lighter green kind of in uh, 20-yard blocks, you could say, 20-yard blocks. Hey, it's cool. I like the new look. It's great. Of course, we're still trying to get a new stadium, but for now, for the next three to five years, perhaps, depending on how long this takes (laughs) to get a new stadium, it takes about three years to build one. So the next three to five years, the Metrodome will look fairly nice. It sure will, I think. I actually kind of enjoy football in the Dome, as I tweeted about earlier today. Um, I I kind of enjoy football in the dome. It's uh it's it's old school. It is. It kind of takes me back to the '80s and '90s. Of course, you <laughs> those of you that listen, you can tell I'm kind of an '80s guy. You know, of course I am. Grew grew up in the '80s and '90s. Appreciate them both very much, and uh, that's why that's why I kind of still appreciate the dome, even though it's not necessarily the best sports venue in the country uh, by any stretch of the imagination. All right, talking too much about something else here. I guess it pertains to the Vikings. <laughs> but no, Anthony Batista, of course, Anthony from L.A., says, what happened to all the double tight ends? Oh, and what's up with those two wildcat plays of Webb? Exactly. They were uh, completely ineffective, and uh, they actually derailed the Vikings' uh, chances last week against the San Diego Chargers. The tight ends, it's like, well, hello. They didn't even throw to the tight ends last week. That was cute. There were, you did actually see... Uh, Rudolph and Schenko, a part of things this week in a nice way. Actually, even Jimmy Kleinstosser, in a sense, looking good. The veteran Jimmy Kleinstosser, a part of things there. You got it like that. Batista again says, still mad we lost, even though we won the turnover battle, averaged over six yards a carry, and scored in special teams. And it's like, yeah, that's a, that's a phenomenon. It really is. Doesn't make sense. And uh, it's one of those games you let slip by, and you remember it. All year. You remember it all year. That's a game we probably should have had. And of course the Tampa Bay game today. Absolutely. It was a game the Vikings should have had. They were leading seventeen to zero at the half and lost twenty four. Excuse me, they were leading fourteen to zero at the half. Okay, seventeen to zero. I'm just an idiot, sorry. Seventeen to zero at the half and lost twenty to twenty twenty four to twenty. Thank you very much. Thank you also oh very much. Anthony again says next week is Tampa, of course this week we should run the ball good or even better. Just don't like that <laughs> they got a pretty pretty big boy running back in Blunt. And, yeah, I mean, it, I figured Vikings needed to have a more aerial attack, as I was talking about in episode number 94. Vikings need a more aerial attack to prove that they can pass the ball, complete the passes, and uh, get it done. Well, in very minimum in this first half, the Vikings, um... <sighs> Excuse me. The Vikings' offense, the passing game and the running game, especially the passing game though, was pretty darn good. Actually, in the first half, it was hey, it was more than worth a watch. It really was. So the Vikings' offense looked good. McNabb, accurate and uh, very quick release, especially on one of those touchdown drives. ended with the Adrian Peterson run. Uh, it was a very exciting. Very exciting offense to watch in some cases. In fact, one of the, well, one of the field goals, ones that should have absolutely been a touchdown. McNabb was as sharp as as sharp as you can get as a quarterback. It was pretty much hike pass first down, hike pass first down, like boom boom boom, and it basically was that quick. Uh, I I like that. That's the part of the West Coast uh, Coast offense that I like. McNabb looked awfully good in it at that particular time. Bernard Berrien, Sebastian Ball's opening the. Pandora's box here, the can of worms saying a, a certain guy's name again. Oh, when you say this name, it just drives me crazy. And of course <laughs> it drives everybody crazy. It drives Sebastian crazy, I'm sure to hear to hear this player's name mentioned on the screen and to see the result. Brickhands Berrien drops another. <laughs> and wasn't it the truth? Right at Bernard it was not underthrown, was not overthrown, was not off to the side. It was right at Brick Hand and I called him Stone Fingers. Same difference, right? I called him Stone Fingers last year, or I also said his hands were square because he can't touch it, like the whole B-squared thing. And, um uh, Bernard Berrien, yep, pretty much showing his true colors again today. Oh, but he did have a 17-yard catch at one point. That was like, yeah, that was front-page news. I had to mention that in the Twitter account. Oh, and it was. It was, it was, it was, uh, it was front page news, absolutely this generates a little conversation here though, something that Sebastian Balls says, I'm going to get to this first before I get any further onto the Twitter account, move into the Twitter account, of course this is again the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show, like it on Facebook there, that's all I got to say, go to Facebook look up Purple Mafia Show and like it, notice there is the Purple Mafia group and page, please go to the page, the one that says company underneath it, okay I would appreciate that also very much Sebastian says, congrats Adrian Peterson for being the best running back, Vikings running back ever. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Adrian Peterson is still just a kid in a lot of ways. He's what, 25, 26? 26, 26. he was born in 1985. Um, already the all-time leading running back for the Vikings getting his 20, excuse me, getting his 40. Okay, I'll get it one of these days. 53rd and 54th touchdowns. In his career, of course, all with the Minnesota Vikings. Those are all-time record, surpassing Chuck Foreman, who had 52. Now, you look at the Vikings' running back history, it's rich in terms of they've had solid running backs for many, many years. Yes, they have. That's basically what me and uh, Sebastian were talking about down here. Um but it's yeah it's but they've never had that mega star. They've never had the mega star running back and that's why I was just jumping up and down back in 07 April of 07 when a certain running back was taken with the 7th overall pick to the Minnesota Vikings when he slipped to the slipped here I just was jumping up and down when I heard how the uh, Redskins took the safety whose name is escaping me I don't know why but um, I'll maybe I'll get to it maybe I'll come back in a second he's a, Guy, everybody thought the Vikings were going to wind up with that safety, yeah, but Adrian Peterson happened to be there, and it's like, oh my God, you have, it's unbelievable! This is the most exciting moment. In the, it was the most exciting graphic I've ever seen for the Vikings ever. You know, I mean, how many great graphics have the Vikings had? Okay, Randy Moss—that <laughs> was the other really, really exciting one. Uh, Culpepper one was interesting, but the result was mixed. It's a mixed opinion type of thing when you talk about Dante Culpepper. Uh, I think a lot of people, I think the majority would lean towards negative on Culpepper. Okay, I'm talking, digressing a little bit here, but um, the Vikings have had lots of solid running backs in their history, but, now, but then they finally got that excellent once every 25, 30, 40, okay, 51 years <laughs> in this case, running back. The Vikings have never had that franchise running back. And uh, they finally got it in 07. Adrian Peterson is that guy, and he already, at age 26, he leads the all-time touchdown category of the yards soon to follow. That was Robert Smith. Uh, amazing career already for Adrian Peterson. I mean, you, we've seen some decent running backs come and go. Robert Smith could have been a lot better had injuries not plagued his career early on. I mean, it was like ACL every year, it seemed like, with that guy. It was really weird and frustrating. One year it was chicken pox. It's like, what the hell, man? <laughs> Who has chicken pox and they're in their 20s? Like, that's rare, really rare. Um, it's like, okay. We had Terry Allen, who was very, very good, but ACLs, you know? Like, what, 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 what do you do? You had Ted Brown, who was very good, but never great. Chuck Foreman was better than good, but not great. Uh, Bill Brown was kind of a blood and guts type of runner way back in the 60s and early 70s. a a white running back, obviously, because that's back in the old days, Uh, but again, more of a blood and guts type of guy, probably what Toby Gerhardt is, in the modern terms. Toby Gerhardt could be that Bill Brown type guy with that very aggressive style that he brings to the table, and uh, he's starting to show some skill, folks. We're going to talk a little bit about Toby Gerhardt today. Mm Mm-hmm. That was very, very fun to watch. Okay, now we'll get to the Twitter account, the mentions. By those of you out there, Vikings fan little Vikings fan page, Kevin McMahon retweeted what I had to say when uh, myself and Vikes Princess, when she said, when the receiver jumped in the air immediately, I knew it wasn't Barian. He couldn't. And, uh, Kevin McMahon loved that comment. Basically he said LMAO because it's just one of those deals. Yeah, he actually jumped for it. He didn't just kind of put his hand up and say, oh, whoop, oh, oh, well, oh, well, I dropped it. Ah, well, next play. Because Berrien never goes after the ball. I've never seen Berrien dive after a ball. I've never seen him change direction. He just puts his hands out, and that's it. So it's one of those things. Don't tell me that Bernard Berrien couldn't do this or couldn't do that, and that it was just a bad pass by McNabb. I mean, Paul Allen of KFAN, wonderful... Just, you know, a really cool dude and uh, an awesome, fantastic play-by-play voice of the Vikings and, of course, a really good host on KFA and the Paul Allen Show. Never actually got a name for it. Some people nickname it the Paul Allen Project. Um, but he kind of, he kind of, I thought he just fell on the sword a little bit for Bernard Berrien last week. I mean, come on. Bernard Berrien puts very little effort going after the ball. And I know okay ragging on the guy over and over and over and over again has got a wear on the on the person. And yes, they make a lot of money, but still it's like walking on eggshells every time you make every time you don't make a play, everybody's stomping on you and just stomping on you constantly. And it, trust me, I know what that feels like, folks. You're walking on eggshells, you're more prone to make mistakes or not make a play in that situation. But at the same time, this SOB puts very little effort into it. If you want people to get off your back, you want to prove yourself as a, a above average to, put, to maybe even elite receiver. If you really have any heart at all, he could have been an elite receiver if he really had some heart for the game, but quite frankly, I'm not seeing it. You know, I'm not going to come up here and just bash and scream and freak out. I mean, you know, the way I'm coming behind the mic this year, it's kind of like, again, another mixed opinion type of thing. I I don't know whether fans want me to come up here and rant and scream and yell. I mean, because I know some of you like that, and some of you would probably feel that that way about the team, the play of the team and certain players on the team. And others of you are like, oh, he's way too negative. Gosh, he's way too negative. I'm not listening. So ultimately, I'm going to try to find a, a middle ground. I'm going to try to find a middle ground. Boy, that was a familiar sound, wasn't it? So we got bells chiming everywhere, but <laughs> trying to find a middle ground here. I'm trying. I'm going to give you the emotion that I have, and I'm going to try to be objective, and I'm going to try to do the best I can to let my experience do the talking. Obviously, a lot of you out there are very, very, very educated in this sport, very educated in this league, the National Football League. It's. Uh, I love talking to you guys. I love hearing from you. That's why like to have your participation on Twitter and Facebook. It doesn't cost you anything. You just talk with me and you get, uh, well, you get mentioned on air. It's, uh, not saying that you're some big shot because I'm all like, well, you know, this guy said this. I, I'm not saying, <laughs> you know, that I, I'm talking to 7 billion people because no, I'm not. Again, another situation going on with this team. I don't sense that there is a uh, I don't feel a lot of buzz from the fan base of this football team at all, this year, at all. Uh, Vikings locker room closed down in Ridgedale because nobody was in it the last two years. Nobody was there after after '09. So <laughs> I'm kind of feeling a malaise with the uh, the fan base of this team, and I think that's unfortunate. Again, you guys have a right to choose what your hobbies are. And if you're sick of watching this team, I guess that's that's your choice. But I'm going to be here regardless of who's listening and who isn't. So, <laughs> as I continue to bounce around like a, just, just I'm just being myself, I guess. Uh, Jay Dardis, I hope I'm saying your name right. I'm not sure if he's a follower. I think he is. Yeah, I think you're a follower and maybe a listener. Um, I commented saying that, I remember when we were fun to watch, and he, his response is, I know, I, I know, I hate McNabb and I basically my response to him is uh, it's not even about, it's not about for me it's not about hating McNabb but it's like, hey, it would be nice to see a little more urgency from this guy and that's what Desjardins says basically when he's like, from day one from day one he has not made really me feel like he wants to win so I just don't like him and I, I can understand that response it's, um you don't see an urgency from McNabb no, no you don't um Clearly the guy does have football in him. Yes, he does. It's just a matter of how quality football is it. Right now, (laughs) Mediocre McNabb. That's kind of what his nickname would be if I was going to come up here and just give him a nickname for how he plays here in Minnesota. Mediocre McNabb. He's a mediocre quarterback right now. He's not horrible. Uh, He doesn't make many mistakes, which is good, but there's no real sense of urgency from him. Really, there really isn't. Purple Love, 021, Craig, responds to uh, what I say again. So it's kind of like they're retweeting and then responding to it, which I think is kind of cool. That way, you know, they know, that way they let you know what they're responding to, and that's kind of cool. I like that. I was basically saying it's nice to see Jared Allen playing well two weeks in a row, which, of course, is very rare. Jared Allen is one of the streakiest players I have ever seen in this game. Purple Love, Craig, says that the honeymoon is over with him and his wife, so it's time to play. (laughs) That was funny. I I like that line. (laughs) That's about where it goes. Um, But no, I I, I got fooled again, guys. (laughs) What did I tweet about last week? And Purple Love responded to me at the time the same way. (laughs) Which is, you know, totally understandable why he would agree with me because the team looked solid. In fact, he looked more than solid in the first half. McNabb was, was hurling the ball, completing it to receiver after receiver, Adrian Peterson was blowing through people. Jared Allen was getting sacks. Robinson was, was frustrating Freeman constantly. Uh, Abdullah was making plays. Hussein Abdullah is really good. Jamarcus Sanford greatly improved this week over last. Winfield is Winfield. He's the best corner... He's the best dang cornerback or defensive back on this team. He is. <laughs> Cover up my swear word there. Okay, I didn't swear, but... Yeah, he's the best gosh darn uh, defensive back on this team. Probably since, you know, the old days. <laughs> At least the 80s. I mean, that guy is just ridiculously awesome, is Antoine Winfield. Um, but no, I made a comment saying that, yeah, this now this does look like a 10-6 football team right here. and You know, they look like a team that can play. A very solid team, a playoff team, the quarterback that is more than competent, above average, completing passes, very mobile, mobile, whatever you want to say. Receivers were catching the ball, like Michael Jenkins, like... Uh, Percy harvin who was outstanding today adrian peterson was wonderful as well uh, obviously as i said already toby gerhardt all over the place on that field today very very cool but um he responds with purple Love does say agreed about the looks of a 10 and 16 as, da- as bad as we played last week we only lost by seven on the road the signs are good and yes they were craig <laughs> they were very 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 good i'll get back to the last two posts much later when we get into the well yeah, when we get to like the, the end of the game review here. <sighs> boy, oh 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 boy. What the game. <laughs> so yeah, I mean speaking of the second half, yes if the score was seventeen to zero. We got this thing, man. We got this by the ass. <laughs> there we go, I'm swearing again. But we did. We had it by the by the by the butt. You know, seventeen to nothing. Vikings looking awesome. Defense is kicking butt. They look like the home team Vikings when they're at home. The defense is much better. McNabb looking, playing with some energy. Not much urgency overall in the game, but playing with some energy. Peterson playing like like a legendary running back. You can't go wrong. 17 nothing lead at home. The Bucks, well, <laughs> Freeman was making some mistakes here and there. Interception. Um, later on, the interception is actually in the Man, what a weird game! Interception was actually in the second half. It's like it was like exactly the same as last week. It's like, What the flip? Okay, I'm trying not to get too freaky and sounding weird, but what the what the heck? You know, it's like how could the game be this similar? I mean, it's one thing when there's similarities between one week and the next, but I mean, it's like exact. It's like the game the games between the two weeks literally mirrored each other. It's just the Vikings look better this time around, but overall, everything mirrored each other. The Vikings do look like they're dominating in the first half. We got this thing by the the butt, by the whatever. You know, you get the idea. We got this thing. We're going to win big time. We're going to be a playoff team for sure because we look really good. And then the other team, Tampa Bay or San Diego, comes out, scores right away in the first or second half, excuse me, the other team, Tampa Bay or San Diego, playing with a lot of momentum. But, oh, intercepted. Here we go, like the Jared Allen interception last week and the Abdullah interception this week. You're basically like, there we go. That was that was the big play right there. Now we got it. We'll be okay. We're still ahead, so we'll be fine. No, no, we're not fine. Because we got nothing out of it. Zero. Zero, folks. And I'm, and I'm going to make this the title of the show this week. I'm gonna say it right now. I'll say it right now. <laughs> not trying to jump ahead or anything, but I'm not gonna read the. I'm not gonna talk about the game like I'm reading a book anymore. Like I kind of had been doing the past couple of years. Um, this is it. This is the stat of the week. This is the stat of the 2011 season thus far. <laughs> and I just wrote this. I wasn't like, well, touchdown, Buccaneers. I I, I don't. I, I didn't need to say this because this stat said it all right here. Two thousand eleven second half update because I was updating it during the game <laughs> when it was twenty seven to zero in the opponent's favor, the Vikes opponents twenty-seven to zero in the uh, second half of two thousand second half of games of twenty eleven thus far. Twenty-seven to zero. Oh, but the Vikings got a field goal on a very solid drive that ended up with just a field goal, unfortunately. Very frustrating. Due to some yeah, you know, was some good running by Adrian. Actually, no, it was the great run by Toby Garrett, the forty three yard forty two yard run by Toby. Like he's only got a field goal out of that. That was frustrating, but there it is. There's your first points in the second half of the year. But then there you go. Thirty-four to three in favor of Tampa Bay. Suddenly within just uh, three points were the Bucks. Yes they were. Thirty four to three. Tampa Bay. Yeah, <laughs> uh, thirty four to three. The Vikes opponents lead the Vikings in the second half in games in 2011. That is just atrocious. Atrocious. And the Vikings defense again fell asleep. And it's like, well, at least the lockout's over because you can just feel we're going to lose this game. And then you have the Tyrell Johnson play. The big one. Josh Freeman threw the ball right to Tyrell Johnson's (laughs) right into his right up his grill, whatever the heck words, whatever terminology you want to say. Right in the bread basket. Right on his numbers. There we go. That's the ultimate and and he didn't catch it. He he just didn't catch it. He just he knocked it away. That's good. At least he didn't catch it, or at least he didn't let the other guy catch it. I forget which Buck player. It was almost intercepted, but but he didn't catch it. And that's it. That would have been the game had he caught the ball. Vikings would have had the ball with a minute forty left. You maybe need to get one. You just run the ball. You maybe need to get one first down, maybe not. I'm not sure exactly. Probably need to get one first down. I forget what the timeout situation was at that point in time. Oh, and we'll be talking about timeouts, folks. <laughs> we'll be talking about timeouts <laughs> in, a, in a couple of seconds. and I think some of you I think a lot of you know what I'm talking about out there. Mm-hmm. But no, that's all we would have needed to do. possibly just run for one first down and the clock could have ran out. But no. The Bucks ended up getting a first down on the next play, like clockwork. Bucks are on the f- we're first in goal on the five. It's like we're dead. Oh, and yes we were. Yeah, we were dead. Mhm. Of course we were. Josh Freeman is the captain comeback right now, and that's why the he's been the main reason why the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were in the playoff hunt last year. LeGarrette Braun, also a big time big running back who did get two touchdowns today, as warned by uh, Anthony from L.A. on the Facebook group page, excuse me, Facebook page. He had two touchdowns as well. And in fact, he scored that touchdown on the next play with only 31 seconds left. Yeah, did you hear what I said? 31 seconds, right? Well, there was about a minute 40 left. (laughs) There was about a minute 40 left just a couple, it felt like a couple seconds ago. Well, because the clock never stopped, did it? Well, how many timeouts did the Vikings have? How many timeouts do you think the Vikings had? They had all three remaining. What? This is beyond belief! There's, there's, there's your story right there, folks. There's your story. You want something to talk about when it comes to the Vikings on one of the many, many reasons why we did not win this football game today. That's one of the reasons. <laughs> That's one of the reasons. Decisions like that are unforgivable. What was that? A, a minute 44, a minute 40 whatever left? You don't use a single timeout to stop the clock? You know how much the Vikings had 14 seconds left, trailing by four, trailing by four. You have to go all the way downfield to have any chance in this game. And you don't use any timeouts to stop the clock? I mean, the Bucks. Were either going to turn the ball over on downs before the clock ran out, or uh, they were either going to turn the ball over on downs. They were going to kick. They were going to try to tie the game up. You have to use timeouts in that situation, Leslie Frazier. You have to use timeouts in that situation, and he didn't. And I don't know why. I really don't. <laughs> I'm actually kind of a little bit surprised that this wasn't really brought up that much. Uh, maybe I'm missing something, and it was brought up, and people are screaming about it all over the town, but I, I'm not seeing it. This is a game the Vikings beyond should have won. Like last week, the Vikings had the game and slipped out of their hands, but on paper, they were absolutely dominated. But when you look at this, uh, the four major statistics here, between the Vikes and Bucks, first downs, Vikings win 25-18 yardage, 390 Minnesota, 335 in favor of the Vikings again. That was, of course, 390 to 335 over the Bucs. Turnovers, it was a tie, 1-1. One and one. Time of possession, three, 33 minutes and 30 seconds in favor of the Vikings, 26:30 for the Bucs. That's a 7-minute advantage for the Vikings right there. And um, that's a decent amount of time. Uh, no, the timeouts are not the only reason we didn't win the game. But that is a huge, huge, horrible mistake by Leslie Frazier. I'm sorry to say this, because I like him. I like him a lot. I like the uh, personality he brings to this football team. I like the way he treats people. But, come on. Where where were you on that one, man? That's a lot of time that you could have had to bring the team downfield. To at least have a chance. I mean, do you want to win, or do you just uh, screw it? If the Bucks score here, we lose. Is that basically was that was that the uh, the strategy there, or could someone if someone has a better answer to that, I'd really appreciate it right now because uh, <laughs> I'm not seeing any answer to that question right there. That's a big question I'm I'm throwing on the table right now. What was that? Seriously, what was that? <sighs> Again, I love you, Leslie Frazier. But (laughs) when your team makes lots and lots and lots of mental errors down the stretch defensively and offensively, I mean, there were some major mental mistakes in this game and the coaching making mental mistakes here. And yes, that is a mental mistake by the head of the coaching staff because I don't think any explanation that the coach would offer about that there is going to make me feel better and is going to make anybody feel better that, uh, that understands the game of football. Why would you do that? I mean, Frazier, come on—you're a smart guy. I, I don't get them I, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's like, did you forget something, or what happened here? Were you just so shocked that we were going to lose the game, or what? 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 What the heck? What the heck? All right, I'll get off that. I'm talking about it way too much, <laughs> which is—but I guess that's what we show hosts do sometimes. We just talk, talk too much, right? Well, that's why I need some of you to call in, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877, it is a voicemail do treat it as such, imagine you're calling in for Purple Mafia, and do the talking, folks, join me in the conversation, thank you oh so very much, Mm -mm -mm. well, Sebastian Bowles says, okay, Vikes, we let up (laughs) a touchdown, now let's at least get a field goal, and of course, the Vikings' response in the second half, nothing. But no, the, the other big play of the game, the other major reason we lost, this was a huge momentum turner when the uh, Bay Buccaneers did the onside kick. And it worked. Oh, it worked all right. It worked. Another just Vikings caught off guard. They had the wrong uh, team out there. They weren't expecting the onside kick. They didn't have the hands team out there. Uh, that's why the coaches are paid, I guess, to be ready for situations like that players sometimes aren't prepared for whatever reason maybe it's just maybe it's their own fault is it the coach's fault I'm just gonna stand neutral on that for the time being okay I'm not I mean I've already ranted enough about Frazier on episode 90 excuse me 95 already Woo, episode 95 we're getting close to 100 don't don't tell anybody though um but um yeah I've already ranted enough about Frazier on this episode so I'm gonna give him a break for now I'm going to stand neutral on that. I mean, the coaches and the players are to blame for that. End of conversation. Sebastian says, F our defense. And, um, yeah, I mean, the offense wasn't giving the defense enough time to rest. That's a huge problem. Yes, it was, and it's very similar to last week. (laughs) So, there you go. I mean, the defense did not make good plays, though. They made some huge mistakes. Don't know what's going on really, they were giving up big plays again, um, partially because they're tired, partially mental errors, partially because they just not, some of them just aren't that good, Cedric Griffin really, I, I've had about enough of Cedric Griffin already, no actually no, Cedric Griffin is okay sometimes, the guy I've had enough of for the time being is Chris Cook, I mean he's always hurt, and I mean he's always hurt, he's the Justin Morneau and Joe Maurer of the Vikings, I'm just... Like, I'm sick and tired of players that are constantly hurt. There's always something wrong, you know. They have a hangnail, so, oh, they, they're just not, not going to make it this week. Or they're just going to have to sit out the rest of the game. If it's a serious injury or not, I'm, I'm still tired of it, you know. I'm, I'm tired of it. I like players that are durable, that can get it done consistently. Guys like Antoine Winfield, though he had a sucky 2009, which is kind of funny. The one year the Vikings were great. Antoine Winfield had his suckiest season as a Viking because he had a serious problem in his foot. He had a break in the middle of his foot. Yeah, that sucked. Um, But, okay, too much digressing. Sebastian also says that Jared Allen gets us fired up, and what happens? Pick by Abdullah in the end zone? That's where it looked like maybe the Vikings could turn the momentum back their way. But just like last week, we were fooled again. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Well, shame on me, because they did fool me twice. And <laughs> They probably fooled a lot of you out there, too. Sucks. Tony Coleman, this post says it all. A repeat of last week. We rock in the first half. So we screw the pooch in the second. Ooh, that's intense. <laughs> what a major disappointment. Ooh, wow, that was cool. <laughs> that's intense. Um, <laughs> it's like, you know... To me, this one was worse, folks. This one was worse because we were at home. We resembled a legitimate offense today, in the first half, and and at least one of those drives in the second. And uh, you know, yeah, we're at home. The defense was better here than over there overall. The San Diego Chargers have more talent than the Tampa Bay Bucks. They just do. And of course, yeah, a road game in San Diego, like the Vikings, never win there. Uh, the Nike Vikings never win in Tampa either, as you guys probably know. Those of you that are a little bit old enough to remember, when the especially when the Bucks were in our division long ago in a galaxy far, far away, um, this one was the big one right here. This is a season-changing loss, folks. Yes, it is. You lose at home to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after winning 17 to nothing. <laughs> this is a season-changing loss. Yeah. Yep. I mean, the morale of the team has to be low right now after this. They're going to tell you all they want about, oh, you know, this and this and that and that. We're all fine. No, no, you're not fine. You don't lose games like this at home. You don't. And um, no one's going to take them seriously. And I guess <laughs> the, I guess the, uh, the malaise of the team, the malaise of the fan base right now shows that. There are those of you out there that are blood and guts loyal to this team, and I appreciate you guys also very much. Like the Tony Colemans, Brent Jacobson, Sebastian Balls, Dan Doro, Dan Taylor, you guys are unbelievably great. Of course, Chris Tucker and Anthony from as well. You guys are blood and guts loyal to this team. Nick Barbum too. Um, and, then, and then there's the Kool-Aid Drinkers out there. I won't say their names. They actually don't post, they don't, they don't usually comment with me very much on here, so... that's the good, that's the funny part I I don't think Kool-Aid, the Kool-Aid people really like this show very much because I'm more blood and guts uh, loyal than Kool-Aid, the blood and guts fans are more willing to criticize and uh, you know, I think we're more honest about this, this, this game and this team, we're the kind of people that say, hey, Tom Brady had a great game last week, not, oh screw Tom Brady, I hate him, no, he had a good game last week and he had a good game this week too Brent Jacobson, yeah, we're even willing to say Detroit played well and Green Bay played well. Because they did. Yeah, they they played well. Oh my god, did I say that? You can't say that about a division opponent. Yeah, they played well. I don't have to like it, but they did. Okay, Brent Jacobson says, Damn it, Vikings. <laughs> if teams were only two quarters long, the Vikings would be undefeated. But since there are four quarters, they are winless. What the hell happens at halftime that they seem to lose sight of how to win. That is an awesome post, Brent. <laughs> it's an awesome post. Um, <laughs> it's like I'm speechless with that. Yeah, I mean, because it's, it's so true, it's not even funny. <laughs> you know? It's unprofessional. I'm embarrassed, and I, I'm. this is what I posted on there, basically. It's like I'm embarrassed as a, as a fan. I'm embarrassed uh, as a host of the show in terms of, I'm embarrassed, man. I, I'm embarrassed with how th- things have taken place the last two two weeks. I love the team and the show, but embarrassed with the product and lack of vision. I'm very embarrassed with the lack of vision of this football team. At this particular time, here is another very passionate fan right here. Very passionate fan. Dan Taylor, out of the UK, says, What in God's name was that? A second half meltdown again? Sweet Jesus, this se- season sucks. Woo! Now that's intense, and uh, you know what? Who could who could disagree with that? Who could blame Dan Taylor or anybody else for being extremely upset <laughs> with the outcome of this game? Now last week sucked and it was infuriating, but this one was worse. This was worse, and I already told you why. Again, I love your passion, Dan. It, it it's unmatched. It's And I'm going to be honest with you folks, I was very quiet the past two weeks watching these games. I think I mentioned it on last week's show in episode 94. I was very quiet watching this team play today. Extremely quiet. You can hear me talking now, probably because it was all pinned up inside and I was saving it for the show, but (laughs) I was very quiet watching this football team the past two weeks because I'm extremely numb. (laughs) I mean, I've been watching this team since 92. Been through a lot. I mean, yeah, the painful... I mean, the Vikings got my hopes up back in '92. Obviously, a great season, 11 and 5. Maybe they could be an underdog team in the Super Bowl. But no, they got beat at home by by a by an old mediocre Washington Redskins team, 24 to 7. They were uncompetitive. '94, Warren Moon's here. Oh my God, we're going to the Super Bowl. This team hasn't had a great quarterback since Fran Tarkenton. Oh, we got Warren Moon. We lost at home to the Chicago Bears after a mediocre ten and six season. The team with that much talent to be that mediocre, that sucked. The best defense in the league, uh, Terry Allen was back. Chris Carter was like uh, was emerging. Jake Reed is emerging, and you're ten and six, and you lose a home game to the Bears. Oh come on! Ooh, you know, I mean, those are just the small disappointments because then you go to ninety eight. <laughs> Yeah, we go to 98. It um, we all we know what happened there. 15 and 1 season, you lose at home to the stupid Falcons. A bloated record of 14 and 2. Here we go again, 2 years later. <laughs> Vikings look amazing. Then Culverver gets hurt, they lose the last 3 games, last 4 games, excuse me, go from 11 and 1 to 11 and 5. Lose home field advantage in the NFC Championship game and of course that caused the Vikings beyond belief. They didn't even show up to play in that game. They just, like, were mentally defeated, and they lost 4 won one to nothing. And then a long, long eight years later, of long years of, of bad football and mediocre football, the Vikings bring in Favre, kick Major Butt, go all the way to the NFC Championship game, and turn the ball over six times when they had that game in the bag, oh, about six times, and threw the ball away six times. Um... So, again, that's why I was a little numb. I've been numb the past two years here. Like, last year I was real quiet watching all those games. Came on here and ranted a little bit, but... It's stuff like that, you know? Yeah, you you get right, you get very numb. You get very numb. You know, I mean, I we, we've been through a lot. <laughs> those of you that have watched this team for 20-plus years, you've been through a lot, folks. This is season 20 for... Palladino Joey. Enough of my talking about that. Uh, you can read what I say about, <laughs> I make a statement about Leslie Frazier saying that this this right here is, is going to get him fired. Yep. This this type of situation is how coaches get fired. Uh, giving up huge leads, the same mental mistakes over and over and over again, especially late in games. Kurt Rambis, Timberwolves, mental mistakes, blowing huge leads and the Timberwolves had a horrible record and the coach got fired. Same exact symptoms that I'm seeing with the Vikings right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you see the same mistakes over and over again. And blowing leads. I mean, it's okay. I'm repeating myself, but it's like if you didn't understand it the first time, you will know. (laughs) But you get the idea there. I mean, Leslie Frazier, hey, he's not on the chopping block yet, but this kind of stuff can put him on the chalking block very, very soon. Because these are football games that were left on the table. The Vikings could be 2-0 so easily it's not even funny. Now I know people said that about games last year. (laughs) But this team couldn't complete a pass last season for their life. And Adrian Peterson was bottled up so bad (laughs) you couldn't even believe it. So, I mean, there was nothing the Vikings offense could have done last year to win those games against Miami and New Orleans and all the other stupid games in between and or later on, excuse me. So there you go. Those are the symptoms right there. Those are symptoms of bad coaching, folks. And um, well, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not coming on you calling for Fraser's head, but huh, I'm putting out the uh, Fraser getting fired watch. <laughs> I'm going to issue a Fraser getting fired watch. You know, like how they say in weather, tornado watch. I'm putting that up. I'm putting a little box up. It's just a yellow one. It ain't red. It's not a warning. Um, But there it is. So we'll have to see some dramatic changes next week against the Detroit Lions when they come to the Dome. Almost done with the game review. Chris Tucker says, If I have to watch Tyrell Johnson drop another sure pick, I'm going to throw up. What a horrible loss. Thank God. Kevin Williams is back next week. We need all the help we can get. Without a doubt, Kevin Williams is an addition from within right there. Absolute addition right there. We'll take it. question is, who goes to the bench? Adoyo or Guyon? Guyon didn't have the major penalty problem like he did last week. Um, I think he's a outstanding defensive tackle. I actually think that Troy Guyon has a chance to be pretty good in this team. A lot of you have heard me say that probably too much. So uh, I'm hoping Guyan and Kevin Williams are together, but we'll see. Maybe they're too similar. Maybe you need the run stopping, Doyle in there instead. Nicholas Borboom, Nick Borboom, awesome. Welcome aboard, Purple Mafia buddy. Ha <laughs> Nick Borboom. Yes, sir. Great to hear you. I mean, you got to post more often on your. So uh, his comment is, hate hey, hate to say it again, but the other Vikings, the choke artists, are coming back again. They show promise, then just like that, poof, it's gone. I don't know. I don't know what it is about this team that get a good lead and then blow it. Seems like it's a ritual for this team. I just hope they get their collective butts in gear. Else, going to be a long season. Else, it's going to be a long season. How much more can the fans take? Oh my! Yep, that was an awesome post, Nick. Absolutely, there's no doubt that. Uh, how much more can we take? There's a reason why I'm getting numb. There's a reason why the Vikings Locker Room closed in Ridgedale. <laughs> and, you know, I hate I hate coming on here and saying that kind of stuff. Because it's so negative, you know, when I'm coming on here and saying, well, there's a reason why they closed that Vikings Locker Room in Ridgedale. But, oh, man. It's because people are tired, they're numb, and uh, uh, it's... You know, it, it is what it is. Facts speak for themselves. Yeah? You know? What more can I say? I just wish so much. I wish so much that the Vikings could have pulled through in, bo- in both of these games. And they so, so could have. But they didn't. <laughs> and that's how we're going to have to leave it. And boy, that was a very, very long game review. Very emotional. And do you blame me? I don't think you can. So, I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to preview Detroit, and we will eventually call it a show. We'll be right back, right after this. (music) And we are back here on Verbal Mafia, episode number 95, which is a reminder for all iPod users Microsoft Zune as well as all other NBA 3 players thank you again for joining me here on the Purple Mafia show <laughs> well two tiny two quick things before we get to the preview D- the Detroit Lions visiting the Minnesota Vikings in the refurbished parts the refurbished All sla- of America Field slash Metrodome well we're going to first do uh, I've got to first gotta do the last couple of mentions here on the Twitter account Dan Taylor basically saying, we suck, we suck, we suck. He says it three times, I believe four times. We suck, we suck, we suck, we suck, we suck. (laughs) Dan Taylor, yeah, not a happy camper. Very, very upset with how things took place in the game, and I don't blame him there. But now, Farzine Vesugian, the host of the Chiefs Zone, got really quiet on Twitter today because, well, his star running back, Jamal Charles, out for the season with an ACL tear against the Detroit Lions, next week's opponent. And his comment is, high school football continues because, well, as we sift to the NFC North preview, that's what it says, kind of a, or not preview, NFC North roundup, a brief NFC North roundup, the Detroit Lions win against the Kansas City Chiefs, 48-3. to Oh, my <laughs> God! That is beyond remarkable. The Detroit Lions are... <laughs> On the prowl, ladies and gentlemen, the roar has been restored. That is absolutely a fact. <laughs> the roar has been restored for the Detroit Lions. They are <laughs> the real deal, folks. They're 2-0. and They're coming into the Dome. Again, real quick, though, Green Bay defeating the Carolina Panthers despite a 400-plus passing yard by the rookie, the super rookie, Cameron Newton, in <laughs> Camera noon. I just like to do that in Carolina, North Carolina, that is. And um, the Chicago Bears lose to the New Orleans Saints in Bourbon on Bourbon Street in New Orleans, thirty to thirteen. New Orleans Saints show up and pound the Bears. How about that? I saw the Bears actually winning that game, but uh, mm, did not happen. Did not happen. The Bears lose. They're one and one. They could have been tied to the Vikings, but uh, unfortunately. No, the Vikings are alone in last place in the NFC North. Green Bay and Detroit right now. The top two undefeated teams, Detroit Lions, are for real. The roar has been restored. And that's who the Vikings will face next week. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) I don't think they're going to put up these type of numbers against the Vikings' defense. Somehow, I just don't think it's going to be this good, especially in the Dome, because the Lions never win in the Dome. They haven't won in the Dome since the 80s. And, uh, okay, actually, maybe they did win back in 97. I'm kind of confused. Maybe they did. I forget. But other than that, they, like, haven't won there since the 80s. Um, Matthew Stafford, (laughs) 23 of 39, 294 yards. But that's not the amazing part. It's the four touchdowns. (laughs) Yeah, four touchdowns for Matthew Stafford. Ridiculous numbers yet again ridiculous numbers by Matthew Stafford, but the Lions also forced three turnovers on Matt Castle, three interceptions, they sacked him twice, that's not that great, considering uh, the Detroit Lions defensive line is supposed to be all great, yeah, they're really good, but, you know, not the most exciting numbers in that sense, but the three interceptions, well, that's a, that's a problem, Matt Castle certainly not, to, not really, uh, Living up to the sixty million dollar hype that he was brought into, try to make the, uh, the the Chiefs into the uh, the Western <laughs> Western England instead of New England <laughs> Western England City Western England Kansas City over there, um, not looking good for them. Of course, Jamal Charles ACL tear, Dexter McCluster and Thomas Jones filling in. Look, LaRon McLean also a member of those Chiefs. Uh, they did what they could, but whatever, Dexter McCluster lost a fumble the Chief, the uh, Lions forced another turnover, that was actually four turnovers in that sense, but a total of six as a whole for the Kansas City Chiefs, Detroit Lions a very, very, very very, very, very dangerous football team very dangerous football team the only good stat by the Kansas City Chiefs in this game was five catches for 101 yards by Dwayne Bowe and he did not get a turnover, so good for him job at best overall oof, looking good Okay, not really. On, on the ground, his number's not spectacular, but but above average, 3.6 yards a carry, 57 yards and 16 rushes. A touchdown. Uh, the running game in Detroit, not making anybody all that excited. But ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is a very aerial football team, folks. Yes, it is. And the Vikings' pass defense has been very poor this season, especially in the second half of the games. Remember forty one to three. Forty one to three, which is the title of this episode. Forty one to three in favor of Vikings opponents in the second half. That is getting crushed. Forty one to three is the type of game where if that's a home game and you lose forty one to three to a division rival, you're probably gonna get fired. <laughs> Especially if there's any type of rapture. Like Brad Childress had a huge one, Dennis Green had a huge one. And uh, yeah, they're losing getting blown out at home like that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying, Leslie Frazier, watch out, buddy. Uh, But there, there, is an, there is a massive aerial attack in Detroit. And Kelvin Johnson, barely a factor on paper, though yeah, he did get two touchdowns. He, he did get those jump balls that were needed, or that they wanted. He did get two touchdowns, only three catches, 29 yards, which is 20, but the two touchdowns make up for the lack of yardage and receptions. Nate Burleson with seven catches, 93 yards. Titus Young, who? Yeah, Titus Young, 5 catches, 89 yards. Javid Best, which is where he's actually better at this, 6 catches, 66 yards, 11 overall, but a 35-yard scamper for him. Titus Young also had a 39-yard, or 43-yard reception, excuse me. Tony Scheffler had a 36-yard touchdown. (laughs) That was his only catch of the game, but uh, you talk about an aerial attack. The Lions have it. Time to watch out, folks time to watch out for the Detroit Lions because, as I said before, the roar has been restored uh, so far. How do you beat the Detroit Lions? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Quite honestly, I don't know anymore. The best thing you can do is <laughs> the best thing you can do is hope for the best here. Uh, that's about it. Detroit Lions look like the St. Louis Rams in the, in the late, you know, in 99, 2000, 2001 right now, at least on the offensive side of the ball. <laughs> Scott Linehan's offense is looking good in Detroit. It's starting to come through. Matthew Stafford finally showing what he can do in his third year in the National Football League. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Can the Vikings win this game at home? Yeah, but will they? Very hard to say. How did the Vikings win this game? run the ball. Okay, yeah, you run the ball, of course. Um, That's how they're going to have to win the game. They're going to have to run the ball as best they can. I'm having a really hard time picking the Vikings beating Detroit, even though they never lose to Detroit at home. Because the last two weeks have just put me in a position where I don't know what to think. Yeah, McNabb has a quick release, and can get the team downfield, but then he can't. But Then he starts throwing in incomplete passes. He's inaccurate. He was actually overthrowing people this week when he was underthrowing people last week. I mean, maybe third time's a charm, and the accuracy will be a little better. Um, it's going to have to be smash-mall football for the Vikings offensively. It's Toby Gerhardt and Adrian Peterson here. It's going to have to be. Though, ultimately, I see the uh, the, chief, the Lions' passing defense being a little bit weaker than their run defense to be honest with you overall but then again you know can I really say that I mean Jamal Charles and Dexter McCluster did get through even LaRon McLean had a 12 yard run in this game Dwayne Bowe ran for 12 yards in this game um, Adrian Peterson has had a very significant amount of success against the Lions <sighs> what can I say <laughs> the simplest, silliest thing I can say is just play well. That's it. Uh, that The Vikings obviously have the talent to beat the Detroit Lions. You have the running game to beat the Lions. Um, and clearly there there is ta- uh, enough talent in the passing game for the Vikings to beat the Detroit Lions because Percy Harvin was all over the place today. Lots of catches today. He was uh, very good overall. Yes, he was. Adrian Peterson blew through. He had 120 yards in the game today. I can't Come on here and tell you that uh, Aiden Peterson can't run the ball on the land. I can't come on here and say that. Obvious can. It's more than obvious that he can. 120 yards, two touchdowns. Michael Jenkins looked okay, uh, but really the receiver on this team that's sticking out above everybody else by far is Percy Harvin, of course. He's kind of a catch and go guy, he's a possession receiver. He's becoming a real life possession receiver, which is the first, which would be the first of his kind on this team since number 80, Don the Purple, that being Chris Carter. He was kind of quietly becoming that. Uh, Harvin did lose a fumble today, which is awfully frustrating. Yeah, officially. Um, It's kind of like, what do you do? Bernard Berrien, yep, one catch. You want to be able to say, okay, I'll throw the ball to and now here we go. No, I, you know, don't throw the ball, the ball to Barian. Just, just don't. Uh, just don't. It's not doing. It's not getting you anywhere. It's it's me, meaningless, and pointless. There is no chance Bernard Berrien is on the roster next season. Zero zip nada. Absolutely no chance he returns. I'm making that prediction right now, and it's a very easy one. It's like you know you want to come in here to say a formula of success for the Vikings in this game. The best thing I can say is give the ball to Peterson. The most, grade the most uh, simple thing you can do is give the ball to Adrian Peterson, who lost his first fumble today. Yeah, he lost. He didn't lose a fumble. He lost the ball, but it was not the ball. The possession was recovered by Anthony Herrera, um, but an but an unofficial fumble, you could say he lost possession of the ball. Uh, Toby Gerhardt able to break through on multiple plays today as well. He had a 31-yard carry and a 42-yard catch-and-go, um, which was a short, going to be a short first-down type play that ended up blowing up into a big 42-yard play that wound up only a field goal. Uh, to me, I think it's Toby Gerhardt and Adrian Peterson. Toby Gerhardt, Adrian Peterson, and Percy Harvin. Those are the guys that will win the game for the Vikings against the Detroit Lions next week. If McNabb is sharp... <laughs> like he was in the first half today. Uh, He had 153 yards in the first half, so that means he had 70 in the second half. Not terrible in the second half, but certainly not as accurate or as aggressive. Adrian Peterson's numbers were lower in the second half as well. Just nothing really clicked for the Vikings. We, We didn't have the ball long enough in the second half for Adrian Peterson to get anywhere, for Adrian Peterson's numbers to really blow up in this game. Vikings again, the pass defense, I think is. I mean, D- Detroit Lions defense is not that scary. They did only get to Matt Castle twice today, but it's an emerging defense. It really is. But I got to think <laughs> the more likely success will be to get the passing game going. Though, on the other hand, Detroit did get three interceptions on <laughs> Matt Castle. So it's kind of like, what do you do? The ultimate plan, i got to say, is run the ball as much as you can and hope for the best. Hope your defense can force some turnovers on Matthew Stafford. He is a young quarterback who is very talented, but in his position, he's played minimal football, folks, in three years. He's not played that, that much. His experience level is not high. Take advantage of it. Somehow, someway, take advantage of it. Hussein Abdullah, unfortunately, is just in the same boat. Minimal uh, experience as well. Uh, Jamarcus Sanford even less. Uh, Anton Winfield, well, he's getting older and he's not the biggest turnover guy. But again, do what you can. <laughs> Cedric Griffin is disappointing, but maybe <laughs> maybe one of these days he figures it out again. And he starts playing like he did in 09 before the uh, devastating ACL tear. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's going to really be the per- Percy Harvin, Gerhard, and Peterson. They're going to have to really carry things in this in this coming game. Jared Allen was excellent against Detroit a few years ago. I remember that very well. We'll see if he can do it again. Hard to say. Jared Allen did get a sack today, which was nice. Brian Robinson, though, a really dumb penalty along the way. Jared Allen also with a major mistake in this game, another penalty for him, lowering his shoulder on the, on the quarterback after he'd thrown the ball. I'm bouncing around a lot, but it's like, it's one of those games where there's so much to talk about, and you can't say it all without sounding like a crazy person. Mm. Everson Griffin also had a stack today, by the way, just throwing that in there. That was nice to see. He was a a factor defensively was Everson, Um, but... Really, the best thing we can do is try to run the ball as much as you can against Detroit. That's ultimately the formula for success that I can come up with. Detroit does have a ball-hawking defense. Uh, They do give up yards, but they force turnovers. And uh, they they do give up yards on the ground, which is good. They do give up yards. I mean, Kansas City had short spurts of some good numbers on the ground before they couldn't run the ball anymore because they were down by a billion points. You can't really run the ball when you're trailing... When, when, when you're trailing in a game. You just can't. Not unless it gets to a point where it's so out of hand that it doesn't matter anymore, which I guess it did become eventually. <sighs> so with that, uh, do I want to... Can I pick the Vikings to win in this next game? Uh, I, guess. <laughs> I guess. I guess. I'm so ready to pick them to lose against Detroit. I'm so ready to do it. But i got to think this team is going to be beyond hungry, beyond frustrated. It is a home game, like I will say a billion times. It is. The Detroit Lions never win here, and if they do, I'm going to be pretty disappointed, but it's very possible. Um, but the Vikings will try to save face and try to help Leslie Frazier not get on the uh, not get on the position where he's seeing red this early in his coaching career because <laughs> he, he will be if the Vikings lose to Detroit. If they get stomped by Detroit next week, uh, Leslie Fraser will be seeing red very early. Watch out, you know, because this team is not going to tolerate this very long, I don't think. Regardless of how much you like the guy, you, this can't continue. If it's the same crap again next week, it's, he's going to be in real big trouble, I think. Um, with that said, you know, I want to be able to... I don't even know how to be able to... It's really hard to come on here and say the Vikings are going to torch the uh, Detroit Lions because um, they just, so far they've taken teams apart and teams have not scored on them. That's pretty much been the case for the Lions so far going on. But then again, actually, yeah, they beat the, uh, the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. Clearly they can win on the road. The Buccaneers were able to score, was it 20 points on the on the, uh, Man, I picked the Vikings to win twenty-four to twenty over the Bucks. Isn't that crazy? And then they lose twenty-four to twenty. That was close. Hmm, that's funny. But um, I guess Minnesota is going to win twenty-four to twenty-one against the Detroit Lions. The Vikings defense will be the best defense that the Lions have faced thus far. Tampa does give up yardage. Yes, they do. And the Vikings showed that today with three hundred ninety total yards. Uh, I think the Lions do find a way to... Yeah, I think the Vikings' defense will be better than the... The Vikings' defense will be better than what Detroit has seen thus far. Kansas City's defense just don't know what's going on there. That's just a a phenomenal game by Detroit. Um, But it will be the best defense the Lions have faced. The Lions, again, have a very, very tough history in the Dome. I think it'll be Detroit's little hiccup here in their road to a potential playoff season here. But this will be a hiccup for them. Minnesota wins 24 to 21. Stafford will have a couple of interceptions, in my opinion. Believe it or not, Stafford is going to throw two interceptions, I'll say, and two touchdowns in the game. Job at Best will probably have the other on the ground, or maybe a turnover by the Detroit Lions defense will generate a touchdown of some kind. We'll see what happens. But I think uh, Adrian Peterson has another huge game. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Toby Gerhart get in the end zone as well. Uh, I think the running game is going to be the focus going into next week. And maybe, just maybe, we'll finally see a, a deep pass by Donovan McNabb. But don't count on it. <laughs> as much as Bill Belichick is going to promise it in the newspaper, it doesn't seem to translate on the football field. It's just talk. Talk and action are two very, very different things. And the Vikings' actions have not shown any such thing as a deep threat thus far this season. So with that, I'm going to conclude episode number 95 and give you the contact details once again. Uh, please do join the message boards on the sports stuffcom Go to the front page of the website on the sports stuffcom Click on the button that says TSS Boards. Simply click register, then you can be a part of things after you have created your screen name. You can go into the message boards, talk about the teams in the divisions. The teams are split up into divisions. The forums, forums are that way it's more of an open conversation with other members in our division and it makes things much more interesting that way. I like that idea by Dylan Richardson, who is a Bears fan that lives in California. Interesting combination, but there's a Viking fan that lives in Mississippi as well named Cedric Paulding. Got to like that. And, of course, Viking fan in Scotland and UK, Australia. Love you guys out there. You know who you are. Um, love you guys. Yeah. But uh, that's the idea. Get on those message boards. Appreciate it. Oh, so very much. Don't forget about the phone lines. 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is, again, a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention which show you are calling in, which is Purple Mafia. Then do your statement, shout out, comment, or opine, whatever it is. Enjoy. Enjoy your uh, time on the air. It'll be fun to hear you. And I'm sure you'll enjoy hearing yourself as well. (laughs) Why not? It's fun. It'd be great to have you on there. Don't forget about the Facebook page and Twitter account, facebook.com forward slash Show. twitter.com forward slash Show. Like and or follow those respective sites in kind. All right, so thank you very much again for listening. (laughs) Please out there, those of you that enjoy the show, tell a friend about the show. Bring them on board. Could use all the help I can get right now. Please do join the show. I'd appreciate it also very much. Do listen. Get your friends to join the Facebook group and or follow the Twitter. Would appreciate it also very much. Again, good luck to the Minnesota Vikings. They are absolutely going to have to win next week in every every way. They're going to have to win it for themselves and for the fans to uh, try to salvage this season because you go down 0-3. Not only are... You're going to have a, a losing season, most likely, but your fan base is going to get really, really <laughs> bored. And it's worse when, when your fan base is angry is one thing, but when your fan base gets bored, it's another. And um, it's not a good thing, not a good thing. that's why Viking's locker room closed because the fan base got bored. All right, well, after the roar is after the roar gets a hiccup next week, we'll have episode number 96. Purple Mafia. But until then, do take care, everybody.